Hi guys, welcome to the Asian Flush podcast, a podcast that discusses today's challenges and experiences from a European Asian point of view. I'm Janet. And I'm Simona. And today we will discuss the topic of Asians in the media ignited by the movie Crazy Rich Asians. So for those who don't know our story, uh, we met each other when we were 18 and in university together. And now Simona's ba- based in Bangkok and I'm based in Copenhagen. Um, and then on top of that, each session will give you one awkward European Asian truth about ourselves so you can get to know us a little bit better. So I'll start off first. Um, I is me, is Simona. So for me, it's uh, I just figured out how to give a decent hug and I'm already 30 years old. Um, it's not the version where you stand 30 centimeters apart and touch each other's arms and then give a friendly tap on the back. I think in a European culture where you give two or three kisses as a hello, I've been torn whether I should give a distant hug or really kiss people on their cheeks. I've opted for the hug. It's distant enough without the kissing on the cheeks, but still shows you're really happy meeting someone. So for me, um, me as in Janet, I was always kind of ashamed when I would invite my white friends over as a kid to come over for lunch or for dinner because, you know, my parents would always prepare these crazy weird things for them to eat, like noodles and fried rice. And my friends were only used to eating pretty much like vegetables, meats and potatoes. So it was always a, a big experience for them to stay over at my place to eat. Um, And I also think that everything kind of smelled funky. Um, You know, for an Asian kitchen, it smells good, but for a white kid, it must have smelled a little bit funky. (laughs) I Um, still have that problem nowadays. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think on top of it, the worst part was, you know, when we were done with with our, our dinner, we weren't actually allowed to use the dishwasher. And I never thought anything about it. Until my friends actually pointed out, like, hey, why don't you guys use the dishwasher? And still, until this day, my parents don't use the dishwasher at home. They just use it as storage. My parents don't even have a dishwasher. (laughs) I don't understand. Where does it come from, right? Something with you use more water or electricity or it doesn't get clean enough. But why do they even bother having one? I think they just don't. They don't know how to use it. They didn't grow up with it. So they don't know how to use it. That's true. You're, 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 it's, it's convenient washing your dishes with, by hand and by water and I guess yourself. Real work. I, I guess. Real so, so, Asian <laughs> labor. <laughs> so Simona, but yeah, tell me a little bit more about your background, about your parents. Where do they come from? How long have they been in the Netherlands? Okay. Um, so my parents, they're around about 56, 57 years old right now. They, uh, they came to the Netherlands when they were around 18 years old, both my mom and dad. Um, so they were together as a couple? No, they, 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 no, they weren't. They knew each other from high school. Oh, okay. Um, I think, but that was about it. And they lived four kilometers apart, but they only started to know each other when they both got to the Netherlands. Um, they both worked at the same restaurant back then. Um, I think it was an entire procedure to get someone from China to the Netherlands. So probably also the people who got them there, those were the same people. So they Mm -hmm. had kind of the same connections. Um, And then gradually they started to get to know each other, work in the same restaurant. So I think there was some kind of connection between the two of them. Um, They got married. They got me. And then they started their first restaurant. And that's about it. They, um, they had the first restaurant. They moved to Hirland, which is kind of a 
how shall I state it? It's sort of a gangster town. <laughs> if there's a gangster town in the Netherlands, it's rated mm-hmm. as one of the most criminal cities in the Netherlands. Um, yeah, so they they moved there. They started a restaurant there. Um, they they raised me there. Eventually, also got my sister there. And and I think that's about. Your sister's quite a bit younger than you are, right? Yeah, yeah. My sister's nine years younger than I am. Kind of a oh. uh, a little protege of the family, but yeah, super yeah. sweet. Yeah, totally not like me. <laughs> but we're more more friends than sisters, I would say. That's nice. Yeah. 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 So, Janet, what about you? Um. So my dad, he's from Singapore, and he moved to the Netherlands when he was 21. I want to say move, but I feel like he just went on a holiday to the Netherlands and he never went back. Um, and he's 17 now, so he has been living in the Netherlands for, for most of his life. And my mother, she was born and raised in a small border village in Hong Kong, so um, really the border to China. And she moved to the Netherlands when she was 18 on her own, so sometimes thinking about it, how she did it when she was 18 compared to how I was when I was 18. I'm really in awe how she took up on such a big adventure on her own. Um, And then they met each other in The Hague. Um, My mom actually didn't like my dad. He used to be her boss, Um, kind of a playboy. But when I see the pictures of him being young, he's very like, yeah, a disco dude. Um, I but can't somehow... imagine an Asian playboy. <laughs> yeah, what is an Asian playboy? I'll show you some pictures. I mean, he'll be very fly, having all these like white pants on, and um, he persuaded my mom to date, um, and they have been together ever since. Um, they got my sister a couple of years later, um, and then four years after that, they got me, and we moved from the Hague to a little bit of a smaller city next to it called Sutermeer. And they still live there. Um, yeah. So that's my story. Um, and to be really honest, guys or listeners, we've taped this podcast already two months ago, um, pretty much a week after the premiere of the, the movie Crazy Rich Asians. Um, but somehow with our schedules and being busy and being a little bit crazy, uh, we okay. haven't managed. We're also just a little bit lazy. Lazy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are some Asians that are lazy. <laughs> um, and we didn't got to the end where we felt proud of it or that we were well-rounded with our opinion. So we just want to do it over again. And that is this podcast. And no matter how shitty or how good it will be, we will post this one online. Pinky promise. Um so yes, yeah, Simon, would like to start with hearing about you. What did you think about the movie? Because you read the books as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I read the books a couple of years ago. I had mm-hmm. um, who was it? I was following Ava Chen, who at that time I think was the the editor in chief for. I might be wrong right now. Refinery Twenty Nine. I'm not sure anymore. But it's an online content website. I was following them and then. Mm-hmm. Very, um, I stumbled upon her Instagram and she, I think she had weekly readings and Crazy Rich Asians was one of the books that she recommended. So I started reading it. Oh, nice. I yeah. can remember that much from it anymore, to be honest. I just knew that when I read it, that I felt a lot of resemblances between how, how that book uh, illustrated the Chinese, no, not even Chinese, well, Chinese culture, but Asian culture in general how people raise, what the beliefs are. Um, yeah. I finished the book, I think, within a day or within two days, and I thought it was quite an amusing book. 
Mm-hmm. I um, eventually, when there was a second and a third part, I didn't take the effort to actually read or even buy those books. Um, to a certain extent, apparently, I wasn't I wasn't interested enough. Okay. Um, however, when the movie was released this year, and there was so much, you know, there was there was a lot of attention around it. There were a lot of people playing in that movie that. Um, that were interesting. Aquafina, for instance, I, I love mm-hmm. her. Um, I thought, yeah, um, it's, it's nice to see. So, so I went to watch it in the cinemas together with a couple of colleagues of mine. Oh, maybe also nice to mention is that I live in Bangkok at the moment. So I went with my not even Thai colleagues. There was one Thai colleague, but a couple of Singaporeans, uh, a couple of Dutchies. So quite an international crew that we went to watch the movie with. Um, and we watched it here in Thailand. So, um, in general, you know, the story isn't very special. The story is boy meets girl, uh, boy apparently is super rich, uh, mm-hmm. girl never knew about it. And then there's some fat, there's a family feud. Uh, eventually, the girl is, uh, I don't know, super sweet. The mom falls in love with the girl and yeah. there's a super happy ending, right? And so, then- so, so, in your eyes, this is just a typical rom com, nothing new under the sun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then in terms of, you know, the actors, they were they were nice. You know, they were they were good looking, but acting yeah. wise, I was wasn't very impressed. You know, you grow up in the West, you're you're uh, you're used to Hollywood movies. You're used to I don't know. I'm just saying, The Notebook, for instance, and you're <laughs> it's it's in the media so much. Everybody's praising it into the into the how do you say that into the skies or it's getting yeah. so much praise. And then you see it, I and mean, I did expect a certain level of quality from both the cast and the story. Yeah. And I didn't really get the satisfaction from those parts. I okay. did see the value in, you know, an entire Asian cast, and I was very kind of, in a way, maybe proud, or it struck me. But in terms yeah, of, okay, the movie itself, yeah, no, not not that much. It's it's just like any other movie. It's like it's not that special. What, what what did you think about it? Well, so I went to see the movie with my parents and with my sister because I happened to be in the Netherlands the day that they premiered it there. And um, I cannot remember the last time I've been to a cinema with either one of my parents or I don't think that we've ever been to a cinema all four of us actually. Um, so for me personally, regardless of how the movie would be just sitting there, the four of us having an experience together that normally we would never be able to share because my mom doesn't really speak English or doesn't really, she doesn't speak English. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad is kind of hard to please uh, <laughs> because he's a grumpy old man. Um, so just being there with the four of us was very nice for me. Um, so that was already a good start, I guess. And yeah. then I think that also the, so I also read the books. Um, I think I read all three of them in one week as well. They are very easy digestible. And I love the, the author being Singaporean. Kevin Kwan, right? This is his name. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of the quotes that I would read about in the book is stuff that my dad does being Singaporean. And mm-hmm. I always like certain things, like my dad loves to talk about how expensive my families houses and cars are and i always thought like nobody cares that like i don't know why you always share this info with me i forget it the second you tell me that 
but reading that book, I could actually see, well, this might be a very Singaporean Asian thing to do. You know, when you're proud of something, you really want to flaunt it as well. So it was, uh, it almost felt like coming home, reading these three books and understanding a little bit more about my dad as well. So seeing the movie, um, I guess I haven't even thought about it being a bad movie. It wasn't a possibility for me being a bad movie because for me, it stands for so much more than just a movie. You know, it stands for, hey, seeing a movie where there's more than one Asian girl. Um, I guess when we grew up, the only movie that I remember where there was an Asian girl that I kind of looked up to was Charlie's Angels with Lucy Liu. Mm -hmm. Um, Just so having an entire cast with girls that looked like me um, in similar hair, similar facial structure was very important for me. And I honestly don't think I ever missed it before I saw this movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know what actually strikes me right now? Because while you're saying this right now, yeah, I do realize like, yeah, it's interesting that there were so many commonalities between what we see in our Asian real lives and also what mm-hmm. we see in the movie, but I couldn't identify with it because maybe subconsciously in a way, I identify more with a Western person than with an Asian. As what yeah. I was saying, for instance, I was thinking of the notebook, white mm-hmm. persons and, you know, an all white cast and, in a way, and, I, and maybe this is self-realization right now, but in a way, maybe that I felt more Dutch when mo- yeah. watching the movie than feeling more Asian, which is troublesome in a way because we both look Asian and we grew up Asian. But apparently how we, how we view things and also this movie, it's still through a, a kind of a filtered Dutch slash European lens. Because yeah, what yeah. you're seeing right now totally makes sense. And exactly. by the way, we, we just said that we recorded this two months ago, but this realization <laughs> just struck me right now while <laughs> Janet was saying this. I didn't plan to say this in our last episode, but yeah, it's kind of a hit in the face. It's a, it's a reality bitch lab. Exactly, because all the movies and all the TV shows that we've ever seen are usually either uh, Hollywood-based American movies or Dutch movies. I don't know how many Dutch movies we've seen, but yeah. it's always with movies filled with white characters. So they grew up in certain ways that we perhaps don't really um, identify with. They look certain ways that definitely don't look like how we look like with our black hair and smaller eyes. Um, and I also love, I saw one uh, of my favorite Asians. Well, she's half Asian, I think. Uh, Chrissy Teigen. Oh yeah, she, love she her. wrote down. Yes, I love her as well. <laughs> like she's my spirit animal. Um, but she wrote down after she saw the movie together with her daughter, who obviously is then quarter Asian, uh, quarter white, and then half um, African American. Mm-hmm. And she wrote down, "You never know how much you miss being represented on screen until you actually see what it's like to be represented." and represent by all different types of characters with a different type of personality, just like in any other great movie. Oh, and, that God. Is... and it didn't even dawn to me at this moment. It just dawned to me while you discussed it right now. Yeah. But you know, like whenever, whenever you see, see an Asian girl in a movie, it's usually like a ditzy hot girl or mm-hmm. it's a nerd. 
or it's, you know, somebody with uh, stereotypes. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. always like a smart girl holding her books, but it never feels like we ever see people that you and I could refer to, you know, somebody that has a big mouth, somebody that stands up for her own opinion. Um, and that's why I also think it's so important that there is Asian representation in the media. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is a good uh, transition for us to go into our next topic, yeah. Asian representation. So Simona, I just um, kind of want to transition into our second topic, and that is Asian representation in the media. Crazy Rich Asians, yeah. obviously a great example, but you also mentioned an article that you read last week, I think, uh, about Sandra Oh, who we all know from Grace Anatomy even though I never followed that show. I know that you did. I never, I never. Um, yes. And you, you felt very inspired by this article. So could you tell me a little bit more about what your feelings or thoughts were? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was in Amsterdam last week. I picked up uh, an issue of The Gentlewoman and it, it, ha- it featured an article of Sandra Oh, a.k.a. Christina Yang from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. I think Grey's Anatomy has been airing for... For 100 years <laughs> it must have been for at least 12 years like, like 12 13 maybe even 15 yeah. years i don't know but it's there for decades now i feel but okay well christina yang she's always been this tough lady in gray's anatomy like kind of in a way again the stereotypical asian because she was yeah. hardworking feeling wise she kind of kind of numb yeah yeah she was super smart super ambitious super strong but in a way a good representation of asians in media right like i, mm-hmm. I like if they if they would tell me you're like christina yang i wouldn't see it as a as a as an insult so yeah and again in, in a way good so i think that article that featured her she also played on a couple of other tv shows that i haven't been following but she there was one part where she was offered the the role for her last for her for a part in the last movie and it's called Killing Eve and that she was looking through the script but she couldn't identify or she couldn't find who she would be playing in that TV show and mm-hmm. that only when um when she asked for it, that she was told honey you're going to play the 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 main act you're going to play the main role and that Apparently, in her head, she never assumed that she could play the main role, that she could oh, play wow. the main character. Because yeah, because the Asian Asians... girl is always just uh, a sidekick. Exactly. And that she, like, apparently you already take that as kind of an it's automatism in, in how you approach things. That yeah. Oh, we as Asians... We have been conditioned and... like that, right? Yes, and you, and you take peace with it. And it's like, yeah. even... If people would call it out, you'd be like, oh, whatever, it's it's fine. But only at that moment that she realized, oh, wow, I'm getting, yeah. the, I'm getting the main role. And I think also where it was explained that she got quite emotional during the interview. So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a very touching part. And I would recommend everybody to read it. It's free I, yeah. I think it's very interesting to see, like, how we've been conditioned to think of what we can and cannot achieve um just by having the right representation in the media so we've so we've never seen any big roles being fulfilled by uh, asian american actresses or even european asian actresses 
So that's also why I think it's so important that there is more Asian representation. For example, like in a movie as uh, To All the Boys I Loved Before. And I know I've told you, Simona, to watch that movie several times. And I know that you haven't. I've watched it. I've oh, watched did you? It. Yes. I was bored one night <laughs> super, super badly. And I watched it. And I, yeah, I like the movie. I like so, it. Yeah, and I think it's so important for, you know, obviously we are a little bit older. Um, but just I think that is uh, just a little bit. <laughs> but I do think it's great for girls that are, you know, 15, 16, 17, um, going towards, you know, figuring out what their future is about, that they actually see like, hey, you know, we can really be whatever we set our minds to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so wrote my sister a little note last week, uh, just before I left Europe for Bangkok again, just to to um, show my appreciation show my appreciation towards her because she although she's nine years younger than i am she's a baby she's a baby in our eyes but she's already 21 (laughs) years old and i I know we're old yeah just imagine what you were doing when you were 20 years 21 years old you didn't think you were young at that age but okay Mm. she's so she's so grown up and in in a lot of aspects she's much more uh wiser than i am but I just left her a little card saying that I appreciated how she approaches things in life and um, just that I love her as a person, that I'm going to miss her. And then, oh, she that's wrote, great. and then she sent me a message yesterday that she also appreciated a card from her side again, but also that she really needed um, a big sister in her, in her life, a big sister like me that pushes her um, in, into certain directions and kind of having, I don't want to say a role model because that sounds arrogant, but just having someone in life that she can look towards. And, yeah, and look up of, to. Yeah, or look up to and that kind of can show her into what direction she has to go or shouldn't go. Yeah. Maybe I'm a role model that, that yeah, she knows in, into the direction <laughs> where she shouldn't go in. Yeah, exactly. She yeah. knows what not to do. Exactly. But I was thinking there's so many Asian kids or, you know, European Asians that don't have those siblings or yeah. people that they can look up to or people that they can compare to mm-hmm. um, or just can communicate in that way to, to, to share those feelings. So I think definitely having Asian representation in media also will help the future youth in making the right life decisions. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, Simona, I think that is a great way to end our podcast with a little bit of advice that Asian representation is important, especially yeah. for those that don't have anybody to look up to. Um, I think that this is it for this episode, yeah, definitely. Yeah, nice so thanks, short. guys. Yeah, well, it's not that short, I think, but yeah. <laughs> thanks, guys, for listening. And remember, if you want to support what we do, then share, subscribe. Um, And we will see and talk to you in the next episode of Asian Flush Podcast. Yeah. Guys, don't be too hard on us. This is our first episode. We welcome all the feedback, all the reactions. If you hate us, don't let us know. Yeah. If you hate (laughs) us, go away. You spent half an hour on listening to nothing then. Yes. Um, (laughs) But all the feedback is uh, is more than welcome. We'll try to improve for the coming time. We've made a pact that we'll at least record 10 episodes. So there are going to be nine more episodes of Genesis coming your way. <laughs> awesome. That's a deal. Okay. See you guys. <laughs> See you. Bye. Bye.